Fine Dining, the search for the most mediocre restaurant in America, is a podcast where comedian Michael Ornelas is traveling the country, eating at all chain restaurants in search of the perfectly average 5.0 out of 10 dining experience. The objective middle threshold of where bad becomes good. Friend of the Doughboys, Marissa Pinson and John Glover were the most recent guests as they reviewed Costco's Food Court. It's a two-part episode that covers everything from discontinued menu items to how many Costco hot dogs they could fit in their mouths. Damn, I wish I was on that episode. I'd crush that. Head over to linktree.com slash fine dining podcast, uh, F-I-N-E-D-I-N-I-N-G-P-O-D-C-A-S-T, and click B's giveaway to enter a giveaway for an all-expenses-paid trip to your local Applebee's, the current frontrunner for the most mediocre restaurant in America at 5.02 out of 10, for you and up to three of your friends. And you can watch or listen to Fine Dining on your platform of choice while you're there. Enter by May 1st, and the winner will be announced on the May 8th episode. Disclaimer, $50 will be provided for transportation along with a $200 Applebee gift card. I love doing those fast read disclaimer things. Go give fine dining a listen. The search for the most mediocre restaurant in America. This is a HeadGum Podcast. What's up, shitheads? Welcome back to another episode of High and Mighty. It's me. Your boy, Johnny G, the number one fuck boy. The number one fuck boy. The number one fuck boy. I also might want to introduce myself as my other nickname uh, based on my guests today. Um, you can call me Gay Bruce. <laughs> <laughs> Joining me in the High and Mighty Studios are two of the two of the most world famous comedians that you guys have. <laughs> This will be my most downloaded episode. Oh, yeah. To, the, to you, these people are fucking strangers, but to me, they are old and dear friends. Uh, guys, please welcome Paul Youngy Young Howdy. and Brendan Nelly or Batman Nelson. Hello. <laughs> All right. Thank you guys for listening. This has been High and Mighty. <laughs> uh, shut it off now if you like coherence, sober chatter. Or stories uh, that don't feature exclusively yeah. <laughs> disgusting homo. Or if you like sports that people play in America. All right, yeah. So this episode's going to be about rugby. If you can't tell by our accents, I'm from Long Island. Brendan is from Westchester. And Youngie is from Australia. Mm-hmm. It's unfair to say I call out your county yeah. and then I call out your <laughs> continent. I was about the same amount of people, probably. <laughs> yeah, what, uh, what part of Australia are you from? Uh, from Sydney, a bit, bit of bush in the background. Bathurst is where I played all my rugby, about three hours inland. <laughs> yeah, I didn't even understand the word. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and not just the proper nouns. I didn't even get like the fucking predicates. I got Sydney. <laughs> I got Sydney, and I'm good. Um, so uh, we, uh, all three of us, played together on uh, the New York, uh, the famed, mm-hmm. the infamed New York uh, men's rug, uh, men's club rugby team, the Village Lions. Brendan and I also played together for four years at Mattress. Oh. Um, we played a little Red Fox rugby there. That's cute. You're going to need to either speak up or speak into your mic, either one. This mic right here? (laughs) You are such a fucking creep. You make this creepy. Uh, (laughs) um, So we were going to talk a little bit about rugby because some people have asked me to do that and I've never, I don't have like a friend in LA besides Brendan that has any rugby knowledge uh, and this yeah, is it's, <laughs> it's pretty American my rugby yeah, knowledge my rugby knowledge ends at like playing linebacker <laughs> not a position in rugby <laughs> but that's how I play um, so when Youngie said he was going to be in town from San Fran I was like fuck it we should get together and do this where uh, 
we just did a little lift. Oh yeah, we got our we got our fucking five by fives in, and now we're smashing beers. So I feel like an old meathead again. This yeah, and, and by little lift, it's important to note that I'm literally half the size of Gabrus as well. It's part of the beauty of rugby; you can have all sorts of body types. Yeah, that is all right. So let's talk a little bit about that. How how did we all get started in rugby? I think I've told my story on this podcast before, so let's do a little roundtable. Youngie, maybe yours is probably the least like. The most normal, right? Like you played. I guess so. Yeah, in Australia we start playing when we're about six or seven. It's before soccer. Like, is it soccer or rugby in Australia? Yeah, sometimes you play. So you normally start playing rugby really early. You know, little kids are made of rubber, so you can't hurt them. Funny thing was, I've always been the smallest kid on the field. Oh, I know. And I've always kind of been a (laughs) pussy. Uh, You should also know. So my first probably five years involved being on the bench. I'd go on, get tackled, and then lie on the ground and cry, (laughs) and then get carted off. So that was that was five five years of that. I think I've told stories about you before in that, because then when you go to America and play men's club, everyone has only got four years experience, usually, of college. Cause they're, but in New York, you get a lot of expats. Mm-hmm. So you get Youngie, who may have been a shit rugby player in Australia for 10 Australia. years, but he's the only guy that's played for 10 years. So he's decent enough to yeah. play alongside Brendan and, and I. And yeah. if you're cocky and loud and just <laughs> yabbering, you, it doesn't matter if you can't tackle or run, because everyone's like, oh, I just heard him talk a lot. We honestly yeah. had about half international on the Village Alliance, I'd say. 50-50, you think? Americans versus I think we had other? to legally play 66-33. Right? Yeah, there's a rule, but but over the course of the clubs, the club's been around for 20 years in downtown New York. There's something like 60 nations that came through. Mm-hmm. We had Austrians, we had a crazy Georgian. Like that was the amazing thing about New York City rugby. It was truly global, right? And part. it's like it's a sport that we had people like that. We had a, a, a number of people whose English was their second language playing rugby. Also. Oh yeah, definitely, <laughs> definitely. <laughs> Which lends itself to some interesting uh, cultural clashes or and drink ups. At the <laughs> drink end. Up. We all got together at the end and uh, definitely started communicating <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> in our own ways. I distinctly remember us screaming at a Dominican kid on the team <laughs> oh, he to sing his national anthem. Yeah. He yeah. didn't even understand what we were asking him. To he knew do. his anthem though. Sounded <laughs> <laughs> like an angel. Yeah, it, it, that sounds like racial victimization, and it probably was to be. Yeah. But to be honest, racial victimization, uh, <laughs> racial everything is a big part of rugby. Well, the funny, at least I, at club rugby, when everyone's a different nation. So there's a lot of singing in rugby. Is is an important point. And we used to always on bus trips do the anthem game first to warm everyone up. So everyone would sing their own anthem. And what I always loved about the Americans is we go through every nation and everyone would listen respectively, respectfully to me being Australian to the French anthem to whatever else we had on the bus. And because it would always be like uh, one wasted dude singing for fifteen other guys yeah, like, on like, the bus, or like, like the Austrian one just like singing fifteen people, yeah, just George. Singing. But then the English guys would start. And every time all the Americans would let it go for two bars and then sing a patriotic American song over the top of God Save the Queen. Because it's like the same... uh, Sweet Land of Liberty or something. Yeah. And that was so beautifully disrespectful that I adored it because like the English deserve that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, We gave them uh, 200 years. (laughs) 1770. We used to literally like get in fights and scream like 1776 at the British guys. It's like, what are we even talking about? It's such a specific form of racism if you just hate someone for where they're from with no reason. <laughs> you remember that game we played against the uh, French naval team? It came right yep. off the boat. Okay, yeah. yeah. All right, let's. Better, there's better, a specific uh, memory. Specific we, memories. We played against a French submarine that was docking in Manhattan. <laughs> mm-hmm. They put out it's like any clubs want to play us, and we were like, we'll play. And they were like, we have a team. We have about 18 guys and four women who want to play. And we played. And they I, they, a, a woman played yeah. literally as one of 15 men on the field. She. Tackled me. Yeah, she was really And good. I'm a fucking... T- I was 255 pounds then. <laughs> I tackled her, too. 
We fucking brutalized. That was such a no-win situation, you know. Because if you if you smash the girl on the pitch, like you, you, that's not impressive. If you get smashed by the girl, that's that's very bad. It's memorable. Yeah, you talk about it on a podcast seven years. But later. She's, she's, <laughs> she worked on a submarine. We all do nothing. Like yeah, she was military. <laughs> like regardless, whatever you know, man, woman, whatever, she was in the military. That, Those guys were so fucking fit. And yeah, they were yeah. French. Like, French, you put down so low of, like, badassery. <laughs> and then submarine guys, you're not going to think are badasses. But then they, they, they turn up in their naval uniform. When we like, went out to the drink up after family. this. All right, so I wa- this is what I want to talk about specifically about that match. When we went to, uh, for a while, Van Diemen's was our drink up pub, mm-hmm. which is. Oh, so maybe we should back this up and we say. back right up, yeah. Uh, rugby culture says if you're the home team, you have to take the other team out drinking mm-hmm. after, right after very the Very important. Part it's very it. important. It's, it's especially purpose. social. That's why we play it. Mm-hmm. So we would, after uh, 80, 80 to 160 minutes of uh, <laughs> fighting with Monmouth or whoever, yeah, they rolling would, around in the mud, rolling around the, the mud, literally fist fighting, we would all go to their local bar or some of the more suburban teams at clubhouses, which were fucking awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then we would just get pissed for three hours and then drive back to New York City. Three, we had had sober drivers, rookies. Sacrificial <laughs> lamps. No, sometimes yeah. the veterans stood up. Yeah. It was always a nice moment on Thursday when you had to look around. It's like, all right, who's driving? <laughs> silence over the crowd. There was a handful of people who you knew never had to drive, and we were three of them. Yeah, I never. I would always be the like, I have a foreign license, guys. I'm not allowed. It was such a lie. Out. I, I would never drive. I'd be like, I've been years. living in the city for ten years. Yeah. I forgot how to drive. <laughs> <laughs> um, or like, trust me, guys. I'm not. I have no self control. Yeah. But drink ups are very important. There's always a speech. They you serve food by the other team. It, you elect uh, your men of the match, which yeah. is like the MVP. There's a lot of drinking challenges. In, in in outside of America, it's it's even more formal. Like often in in my college rugby team, you had to wear a tie. You put a tie on after it. To and it's at bigger clubs overseas. I know like. Like wives and kids, every yep, like yep, families yep. come from all over, and it's like a huge, it's like a wedding every. Saturday. And in America, it's not that formal, so we're covered in mud, just like we're in like drinking aggressively, <laughs> fucking smash, pissing our pants. All right, two great memories I have that demonstrate like drink ups in like northeast rugby culture, both in New Jersey. First was Montclair, who had the clubhouse. Yeah, well, yeah. no, Monmouth had the club. Montclair had this weird Irish pub, but for some reason they oh, were yes, like, yes, yes, they were massive, really fat old guys. Was most of their forwards. They all looked like fucking like firemen. Yeah. They they all just look like the traditional, like big, heavy set dude, th- broad shoulders, big fucking scarred hands, and, 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 and super alpha guys. Like yeah. they're probably all voting for <laughs> Trump. Yeah. But then as soon as they got to their bar, they got super homoerotic, and it was all body shots, and they're all like, "Come and drink a drink out of my belly button." <laughs> and you're just like, "What's happening?" Getting homoerotic is a whole chapter of, of rugby, um, of rugby part culture. Of <laughs> and then Monmouth, though, they had the clubhouse, and I remember we went there once. So there's always like a drinking culture. Their man of the match thing, some one of their guys had constructed a pair of strap-on breasts. Oh yes. Giant breasts. So the man of the one a big guy on their team would put these strap-on breasts on that had two hoses. I don't recall this. They all. would pour beers into each hose and then you would drink the beers out of the nipples. Mm. So the two men of the match would drink out yeah. of the nipples of this man wearing a strap-on pair of tits. Because yeah. traditionally... so That's at unusual. Least, at least in... <laughs> yes, that's very... That's not a tradition per se. But in, in, our, in our club, in, in the Northeast and in in where we played... It was the big thing was you elect your own man of the match via votes for both A side and B side, and the two men of the match 
have a chug off of a beer. Mm. They chin a beer to see who's faster, mm. and then the B side guys chin a beer. Some people make it a chandelier, or if someone gets three tries, they have to yeah. do a chandelier, which is where you, you never hold. want to score three tries. You never want to score three tries, but also if you get two tries and you're about to get a third one yeah. and you give it up to someone, you have to you do have a to chandelier. Anyway. Oh, yeah. There should be a stricter penalty for that. <laughs> How many cups is that? That's three. That's three cups. So yeah, you hold three cups sort of like one on top of the other, yeah. and so the back one fills up the middle one while the middle one fills up the first one. So you, dr- you drink three beers in a row. That's good luck. Yeah, which is quite difficult. It's very difficult, and I'm a fucking garbage fan. <laughs> yeah. So that French drink up there, they turn up in their naval uniform. Oh, so they show up in white pants, the horizontal striped shirts, and like the little, mm. like, and the kerchiefs. It was just a little extra fancy because it was French. Like, yeah. There was a little more <laughs> yeah. flair going on, a little more pizzazz. And Tiffany came to that drink up, oh, and yeah. they were, she was like, oh boy, my, and then she's like taking pictures. My sister came, and she was a young girl, and it was just like, you know, wolves going after her. <laughs> yeah. And it was a lot of photo booth time. My sister's eating it up, and yeah, of course, Tiffany. It was, Tiffany it was had like a fat. There's like sh- Tiffany is definitely hanging in the locker of a French submarine. <laughs> My mom was in town from Australia, and, and the, the same game. So they beat us narrowly. Their other, the guy that played the same position as me, their ten was their captain, and we were both captains. So they beat us. He ran over me for a try, which was very embarrassing. So like the match winning try, he he, he made he made me his bitch. <laughs> And then I came up from the bathroom at the drink up and he was swing dancing with my mum. And I was just like, and he was a really nice guy. It was the worst thing ever. I've never been so thoroughly out He was a real class act. Oh my God. They only had about six hours. It was like, just any kind yeah, they of dry were just hand like job the fact I can they, get before anyone's wife. Back, it's under, going back down. under the Arctic Circle. Yeah. It doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah, that was like the moment after we had lost to them and they were all taking pictures with my... Then girlfriend, right? Because Tiffany wasn't. I was uh, my, maybe my fiance, and then I remember being like, "Well, these motherfuckers get to get on a summary, and I get to move back, go back to Brooklyn." <laughs> Where was the, the great bar you mentioned before? Um, with the with the uh, the bull riding. Um, uh, we, went Dixon. we went to Lower Mason Dixon after Van Diemen's with those knuckleheads. And that's oh, that's why right, yeah, we took the French work. guys to do the yes. bull riding. So Mason Dixon is like a shithole bar downtown it's actually not a shithole it's one of those like mega like it's dead now got replaced it's, it's, yeah. it's like but it's like 23 and like pop a collar and yeah and it has a uh, bull in it uh, what's it called bull. mechanical yeah. bull it has a bull in it a live bull <laughs> <laughs> that's the luck that's yeah. just, yeah. it has New York Scotty Pippen standing in the corner <laughs> Interesting uh, bull to choose, obviously. <laughs> obviously, the most oh, famous Steve Kerr, but it's on you. Um, so uh, uh, we took the French guys. So we were just talking about this before. You, we don't remember a lot of drink-ups. Nah, definitely not. Because we would either go straight from – we would start drinking on the pitch after the match. Usually yeah. someone's family was there or some of the injured guys mm-hmm. or some of the old dudes who – you were like, do you even play yeah. for anything anymore? You're just, just here with a drink. Problem. Is this yeah. all you have? Yeah. You, you just need to get day drunk on a Saturday and maybe, maybe help carry the flag. It could be worse. <laughs> it wasn't a bad thing to have. It's not a bad, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then we would uh, go into the city, go to Van Diemen's or Croxley's, depending on where our drink up was. But for the years, I, the years we were playing the most, it was at VD's. Mm-hmm. And it would be... You'd get absolutely smashed. If you were out of town, we'd get drunk on the pitch, drunk at their thing, drink on the way back in the van, and then go into Manhattan. So we'd land in Manhattan at like 6 p.m., and we'd be on five hours of competitive (laughs) drinking. And and the whole world would be – yeah, and no food. And the whole world would be on like, ah, okay, let's go maybe get a bite to eat. Have my first beer. And And we would land covered in mud and blood and just be – 
fucking unleash ourselves Screaming. onto the city. Average two hundred twenty pound clown car of a van, like twenty five <laughs> of us. We've been we've been singing songs in a yeah. van for two hours. Just drop us off at Penn Station. We'll figure it out. Oh, and part of our thing was we had to wear our uh, we had to wear Lions gear at the drink up usually. Oh yeah. no, that's that was they stopped that though because there was too oh, many yeah. pretty boys, too many yeah, city yeah, yeah. pretty boys. Mm. Um, well, one of the rules was like you just don't shower. It's a very American rugby thing. Like you'd never have a shower, so you'd be out at like eleven p.m. in New York in a club somewhere, covered yeah. in mud and blood. Yeah, dude, I would remember just being like fucking literally like dirt on my visible on my face, oh, yeah. like blood cake to Open my ear, <laughs> yeah, on your and, face. and be shit faced at like midnight trying to like Bruises rope my wife in a cab. Yeah. <laughs> Bruises are starting to actually turn over into like, the proper colors. <laughs> so, so was hilarious because it was like it was an Australian owned bar. Now it's like a Russian owned bar, and it's gone super weird. But there was this awesome period when they hosted us and somehow they just let us come the York- it was like a fancier than a rugby bar should be yeah but they happened to be Australian and they happened to just open and we were like let's get in it we're here here's, yeah. here's 50 wasted dudes every Saturday at like 3pm <laughs> and the Yelp reviews were the funniest thing ever because you'd go on and it would just be normal people being like kind of an okay bar so many wasted dudes here. Like, when you're at 4 p.m. for snacks, and there was a tiny Australian being carted around on someone's shoulders. Everything's shirtless. cool till Saturday at 5 p.m. <laughs> yeah, and if you're a bar owner, you're like, oh, look, no one comes here till 10 p.m. on Saturday. All right, well, why don't we get like a thousand dollars in the till on a Saturday <laughs> afternoon? Because we would get a keg or two for free and then start buying fucking shots mm-hmm. or somebody would be like I don't drink I'm not drinking beer right now I'm trying to get ripped I'm just doing Jack and Diet Coke <laughs> a, million, yeah. a million stories are happening you just had to walk down the bar <laughs> yeah. just rolling like hey fucker <laughs> probably one that brings it to life a bit so often if someone needed stitches which happened a fair bit in rugby mm-hmm. like you'd often get an elbow or something you'd have to get six or seven stitches in your head so you don't want to go to hospital you don't want to spend the money we had a few doctors on the team so often they do just stitches at the pitch but once we're at Van Diemen so at this same pub and one of the surgeons on our team Austin and Chemo awesome. who's what, let's just talk about Austin, Austin for a, a second guy. if Legend. we're going to say him yesterday. one of these surg- this guy on our team who was a surgeon also it is an absolute fucking badass. Like absolute one of badass, the hardest motherfuckers. Too. Cut out of granite. A cut out of granite, bald, genius. His father-in-law is a secret service agent and protected George Bush. Why'd you put bald in there? What? Is that like on the Yeah, why are you making fun of me? No, because he look, makes him look harder. Yeah. He's like... Wait, he's he like looked like he'd murder you if you look, walked into a dark alley. A Canadian bald dude with fucking traps up to his fucking ears yeah. was a surgeon... The nicest human being alive and would stitch motherfuckers up mm-hmm. at the pub. Yeah. So you've got this one jacked guy, surgeon, wearing gloves. And then I remember distinctly it was Chemo, who's yeah. this giant African-American guy. So there's a huge black guy <laughs> and this other guy who looks like a professional wrestler wearing gloves, stitching his head up. But because the light was bad in the pub, they had to do it right at the front windows. <laughs> so it's like 3 p.m. and people are walking down the street. It's Madison and this, Avenue. By the way, in case you, yeah, in case you know uh, New York, this is Madison oh, Avenue. 3rd Avenue, Avenue. Avenue and like 25th or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> it's like right in Grammar's. Just be like looking left, and suddenly in the bar, there's just this guy getting stitches in his head from a professional wrestler. And I remember the bar owner came up to us and was like, "Guys, like, you can do surgery in the pub. Can you please do it at the back?" <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, well, the one terrible. Just do it at the back. God. Fucking! I mean, we can tell rugby stories for five hours and yeah. never even talk about one thing that happened on the pitch. It's <laughs> true. A lot of great things. Because that's only eighty minutes. You're together for nine hours every Saturday. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I'm try- uh, so man of the match. Uh, 
uh, I'm just going to take this moment to brag a little here. I won, <laughs> I won a few B-side man of the matches in my days playing with the, you did. the Lions. You did. But so did I. The, uh, so did Youngie. It so was, did Nelson. No. Uh, never. No, no. no he scored a lot of tries. Yeah, a couple. Yeah. You know. um, it was either, it was like me, you, or or like Ross, you know, like one of the A-siders yeah, who played. Yeah, he played, actually yeah, played a little bit. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I just yeah. happened to be like uh, slightly bigger than everyone and had like. <laughs> and I just asked to, happened to ask everyone who they were voting for. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not a lot. Yeah. Also. Yeah. Oh, another Youngie. Yeah, well, to be fair, the other thing was we were the two loudest guys. And if you're on the B team, yeah. you don't know the only names you might know are you're half drunk. The- you're like, who do I remember? <laughs> I remember those two voices. I remember Youngie, and I remember the the big bearded guy who is uh, a comedian. Yeah, he kept <laughs> he's making jokes. You did have, but granted, you did have a couple games where you shined. I shined you know? in a couple games, yeah. but I, my real shine was in the chug off. Yeah, I would yeah. beat everybody, and I fucking loved it. It was my favorite part of rugby. Was being like, oh, the competition goes on. <laughs> we should talk about a couple of games that go on, like the golf ball. Okay, yeah, yeah, let's, yeah, yeah, yeah. So another thing you sh- uh, about rugby is when once we get to the drink up or a party or even if it's a wet someone's wedding or something, mm. all of a sudden a lot of like worldwide games start activating. Yeah. So like, tell us a little bit about golf ball. Well, the no, golf so- ball is as simple as you have a golf ball in your hand, and if you get in someone's cup, they have to chug the cup. If yeah. they're holding mm. a pitcher, you know that, that's that's a big, oh yeah, that's, a that's big the bad. Win right there. That's a big win if you if you golf ball. And the women, the women are always very coy. They'll come up and use their women charm, and you don't know. They're just holding a heavy golf yeah. ball. They'll bring you in just to knock you down. We could do an episode about just women rugby players and about like yeah, hanging so with the with the Leonas and that these chicks are like ten times more hardcore than us. Like, yes. Ten yeah. times more hardcore. Yeah. Like we, we get hurt a lot. They, yeah. Ow. Yeah, they are tough as fuck, and they drink. Yeah, they so, much. Like they it, do it. The only difference is size. Like that's literally the only difference in how hard. Like they play as hard, if not harder. They tackle just as hard. They drink just as much. Yep. The only they difference more. is they're much yeah, more organized. Actually, they do drink more. Yeah, they have a calendar every year. Like they're, they're <laughs> yeah, very they on calendar. top of things. Yeah. Yeah. When I used to, have, sometimes I'd have like a, a girl like from work, like a friend or something, come to, come to watch the game, and I'd be like, "Come to the come to the drink up. If any of the guys annoy you, just tell me, and I'll tell them where to." go if the girls start annoying you i can't help you yeah like, just run and like the girls team has like lesbians that are as sexually aggressive as our dudes were oh, yeah. <laughs> and of course there was inevitably a little cross-pollination between the teams people <laughs> people slip fall on things people, yeah fall on each other's arms people, we all the things that happen in van Damme's dark, bathrooms dark. were yeah. really fascinating a little stinky yeah. usually in line for the bathroom because yeah, it's yeah, like yeah, you're yeah. just standing across well, like, not well, me <laughs> 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 I saw some things in the hallway. Um, So, uh, going back to golf ball, getting someone in the pitcher, brutal. The trick was to tell a rookie to go get two pitchers from the bar. (laughs) Then they had no free hand. So, you learn to hold your beer differently. You hold your hand over your beer, Spider-Man style, and sip it like over the top. It's a natural instinct by that time. (laughs) (laughs) But we would just be like, uh, what was uh, the super fast black dude's name? Justice? Justice. I mean, I wouldn't call Justice. him super fast, but yeah. He was. He was super fashionable. Yeah, he, I mean, he is very, yeah, still yeah, fashionable. Justice. But he, I remember him at one of those uh, games being like, hey, can you go grab two pitchers? Someone's like, hey, can you go grab two pitchers? And he comes out thinking he's helping the team, and someone's just like, blunk. <laughs> oh, I also remember Youngie golf balling my dad at a game he came oh, to. Oh, yeah, that was, that was very rude. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, my dad was like recovering from brain surgery. Yeah, he's like, <laughs> she had a brain surgery, and I'm like... Good night, Mr. Gabrus. Oh, and, and I, I, it. It. I was like, all right, I'll chug it. And then my father on the ride home goes, 
why did you take that beer from me? I was like, well, I didn't want you to chug a beer. And I was like, I- I'll chug it, Dad. I was just playing around. He's like, I could handle myself. And he's like suffering. Like, he's got like a fucking scar that runs from the base of his neck to the top of his he's back in the game. We were once in Bayonne and someone got a uh, golf board with a pitcher, but they couldn't finish it. So they were drinking it and everyone's like laughing and chanting in this weird backyard of an Irish pub in Bayonne, New Jersey. And they were drinking and then they vomited. And everyone saw when they vomited that part of the vomit splashed into the pitcher. And we're like, oh God, they've got to finish it. But then someone else hadn't noticed that and walked up to be a good bloke and took the pitcher and finished it. And meanwhile, all of us knew they were just drinking the other guy's vomit. And we're just like, oh. Never be a good bloke. Maybe the the worst one is obviously shoot the boot. Okay, yeah. Yeah, shoot the boot. And I think maybe that got a little worse in America, specifically in the Northeast, because there's just some terrible meat dicks from well, Long be- Island and other <laughs> who's just like, I'm going to put my boogers in this cleat as in, well. At Marist, at yeah, Marist pubis, pubic pubis. hair was a big thing. You'd yeah, rip yeah. out a handful. Wait, explaining what shoot the booty is like. So didn't- if you fuck up it, the ultimate punishment, I guess, for a... Rugby- I sort of it's like a first try. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, right. It, it's... In Maris, it was a Zulu is your first try. Ah, yeah, yeah. that's a very college American. For us, yeah. if you just fucked up a song, you're booting. Yeah, if you fucked up a song, you booted. Or if you did something dick, like you're like, if you wanted to get back, like if you were a dick to like the captain and you need to get back yep. in yeah. good graces, yeah, yeah. we Punishment. would make you shoot the boot. You dishonored the team. Which means you'd fill up one guy's cleat with beer. Alcohol. Uh, Normally well, the guy with the biggest, most disgusting. Usually food, it was yeah. like on our college team, it was this dude, Big Mike, who uh, was a bouncer at every bar. Or Big Steve. Or Big Steve. Yeah. Or Big Ed. Big Ed. <laughs> well, Special Ed was his actual name. <laughs> For good reason. He was Big Ed because he was six foot five. <laughs> special Ed because he was his six foot five. Like potato. Yeah. <laughs> he was six foot five. He looked like the Goombas from the Mario right Brothers Right now movie. he's hearing this. <laughs> he's white knuckling something. Like his, you. His like three daughters you. are like, what's the yeah. matter, daddy? He's like, I'm not special. We're going to <laughs> Big Mike, if you're listening, get one of your shoes right now, fill it with beer, drop in a couple of pubic hair and drink it, mate. Yeah, yeah. chug yeah. it down. For um, honor. So then then it, it kind of evolved. It, they would like pass it around and everybody would, like the like the seniors would like spit in it, spit sprinkle in their it. pubes in it, pour like a shot of whiskey in it or something. It would right. be just like a dripping cleat. My, my favorite is when they had that little suspicious person on the team. Remember Shady from Marist College? Oh, so it was yeah. like the kid that's a little hood. Like he's, he had a couple felonies. And he's like, I'm going to play rugby just because I need something to do to keep my hands busy. You know? And then he comes out and he just denies doing any of the things. He's like, nah, I'm going to do that shit. And I was like, no, you have to dress. And he's like, yo, fuck all you. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, like all right, welcome to America. Yeah. Okay. And he was like the tiniest white dude. And yeah. all of us guys were like. Multiple. Well, whatever you want to do, Shady. Yeah, so. Stop <laughs> looking at me funny. I get it. I get it. I'm not going to double down on this. So just like, get, yo, you want to get wet? Nah, we're good. Let's go drink beers. Just like two, two weeks ago at the Malaysian Grand Prix, a bunch of Aussies got arrested because Daniel Riccadello is one of our guys, won, and they were in pit lane. They stripped down to just wearing budgie smugglers, Speedos, and were drinking out of shoes, and they got arrested. It became this big like show trial because Malaysia was like, you can't do that. And they're like, nah, just, just partying, mate, having some shoeys. Getting to wear budgie smugglers, having some shoeys. I want to have... Youngie, you got to come back on just to talk about Australia. Because I think like... Uh, Rugby culture is like Australian culture. Like Australian people are like, yeah, I don't play rugby, but yeah, I get naked and shotgun beers. Yeah, rugby culture and nudity were intrinsically tied in Australia. We had a college rugby team in the country and we used to do like, we'd have to take a bus like three hours to a match. And then we'd come back and we'd just drink on this coach the whole time. The rule was every first year player had to be completely naked. So everyone's wearing a tie and every first year is naked. We do kangaroo court where you have a whole structure of drinking where there's like a judge and a jury and a prosecutor 
and the worst crime and a crime would be like you went home early on your mates or something was always a flaming arsehole so we'd pull up on this abandoned Australian highway in the middle of nowhere it's just dark there's nothing there roll up a newspaper jam it between the guy's legs set it on fire and the bloke just had to run into the distance with his flaming arsehole <laughs> That's fucking awesome. Oh, that's so how'd awesome. You call, how'd you call him back? Oh, we just let him go. Yeah, we'd fight him eventually. <laughs> we can, as long as someone doesn't need him. Thermal yeah, imaging. You can, see him. you can see people a long way when their ass is on fire in the middle of the Australian the one thing, The one thing we did in Maris that I was most proud of it was, remember the warm pumpkin? Oh, we had eight. That was the best. best. Oh, uh, and that like, was at your house, right? Yeah. That was, was at your basement. When, and all due respect, I sold them some knucklehead on the Syracuse club hockey team. And they did it to their people, so I brought that down to Marist. And this is the best fucking... Pr- we, very had, interesting. we had 18 freshmen, so we had just a wealth of them. We were the seniors. I guess you were a junior. I was a junior, yeah. And, um, or I was a senior and you were still We there. had a nice little show. <laughs> like, everyone was up. We had them duct taped up. We were putting them upside down, doing all the proper things you do. So cl- classic Marist rugby um, hazings was, we'd have after the first <laughs> match, would be like, all, all freshmen, have, all rookies have to be at this house. Yes, and the things yeah, yeah. that would happen would you'd get partnered by a guy your size and be duct taped together <laughs> and forced to do keg stands Double kegs. and going yeah. back and forth yeah. Yeah, then yeah. there would be like you know just standard drink ups nicknames would be granted at this day yeah, you're and then there would oh, be yes, you're right. and then we would do the 50 man lift yes, which was we'd get everyone to link up arms and legs and lay on their uh, backs in the driveway and motivational like, speech yeah big motivational <laughs> speech about joining together joining. and teamwork and it's like we'll be able to lift you if you flex as hard as you can they we're a fucking Team, and then like two of us, like the two, like me and one, someone else would be on the other side, and then like ten of the other seniors would come out with pitchers of ice cold water and beer, and, be like, <laughs> and they're all completely unprotected. Just be like, in their us. faces, bags of flour, coffee, yeah. just whatever you had, just blasting all these and guys. If someone and someone was bold, a pair of testicles would pop yeah, out. You and you got to be perfect. You got to be a veteran. You got to know how to get them in there. They're moving around a lot. You got to place it, and you got to get out. You got to get out. It's about the yeah. dip. It's not about sustaining. Just a quick dip just and a get little, out of there. Oh, anyway, so the pumpkin. This is the best. So one. the pumpkin. So right. the whole time that's happening, there's a whole song and dance in the kitchen going on where we have this pumpkin with a big hole in it, heating up in the oven, and we're, <laughs> and we're just kept checking it. Everyone's like breathing it in, going, and all the vets are acting like close. this is something we've done. Ooh, it's getting close. This pumpkin's almost ready, and then we take it downstairs, <laughs> and one by one, we brought them down, and we basically gave them the speech. We said, "Listen." This is awkward. And we're all sitting there wrapped around this one freshman. And we're just being very quiet. And we say, we've all done this. And it's part of being a team. I know it's kind of weird, but it's going to let us know that you tr- we, we can trust you. So take this condom. Walk over to that pumpkin over there. Put your penis inside it. Put the condom on the penis fuck this right pumpkin. And on the, and, floor, and, on the floor is like pumpkin-covered and condoms time. and shit. So like there's that. three types of people. There's the fucking guy who puts it on and doesn't even look at you and goes for the pumpkin. There's the second guy who gives you the talk. You know, he's like, oh, what the fuck? And you just got to talk him through. Like, listen, we're all here, man. Like, hands around him. We've done We've I've done there. it, bro. Like, I'm down there. We're all going like, And yeah. then, then the dime in the rough, the rare, like, 99% style. The one guy's just like, no. I'm off the team. They're like, then you're off the team. He's like, that's fine. I'm done. <laughs> so anyway, they come to the, the pumpkin. in the rough is sensible. And, and 99 out of 100 will go to the pumpkin. And as soon as they are about to take the condom off sometimes if they're a douche we put the, let them put the condom on with their flaccid penis yeah. and as soon as they're about to pump you go you fucking sick bastard <laughs> fuck a pumpkin oh, who's fucking pumpkins this is the first time monster? we've ever done I this never done this is the this first shit. time we've read this online we've never done this and then we would go ridiculous human we berate them and then go alright when you go upstairs you don't say anything to yeah. any of the no, other you friends. go up there shook like you have, no, you, yeah and then yeah, we all walk up with their eyes. eyes down and yeah. shit no. and you walk out the front door like never again <laughs> um, oh, fuck the pumpkin leads us to a great point to take a quick commercial break. 
What's up, shitheads? Time for an ad. Okay, now this ad is super regionally specific, and also um, I'm not being paid to do it. But if you live in Brooklyn or in the New York City area, you got to check out the bar, The Douglas. Um, I'm, I'm putting this uh, ad in this episode because it's owned by a bunch of old rugby guys from the Village Lions, and they know how to hang at a bar, so I'm assuming they know how to make a bar that you could hang out at. So it's The Douglas. It's on four. Fourth Ave and Douglas Street uh, in the Park Slope area, the Gowanus area, whatever you want to call it. Actually, a block or two away from my old haunt, CrossFit South Brooklyn. So if you're a CrossFit South Brooklyn person listening to this podcast or a rugby person listening to this podcast or just someone who lives in the the tri-state area and wants to get drunk around ruggers, head over to the Douglas, say, Gabe Bruce sent you and see what they can do. All right, I don't even know. I haven't even talked to them about hooking you up with something, but I, I bet you if you go to a bartender and say, Gabe Bruce sent you, you're good. it's good for a solid smack in the face or something like that. All right, guys. Remember, it's the Douglas in Brooklyn. Bye, shitheads. Uh, and we're back from commercial. We might just leave that in there. Because <laughs> <laughs> I probably about- don't have ads this week. And it's just, that was just a cover to get, go get beers number uh, 8 through 11 or whatever we're looking yeah, at. <laughs> it's, when you start talking this much about rugby drinking, you just want to drink aggressively. Yeah, it's like I can't watch the show High Maintenance anymore without blazing. It's such a beautiful show. <laughs> yeah. My wife loves it, even though she's a snoot about like you know all that right now. Yeah. Because she you know, had babies and all that. She's, that's oh, she's a snoot about birth. all that because you have two daughters, one who's a month old, and you are. Beautiful girls. I love my girls. <laughs> but anyway, it, it's the, the you know going around Brooklyn and just seeing all those shots. It brings oh. it back, man. Because oh, that's where we're living. Oh. We're Village Lions. Oh, just living. fucking smoke weed and hanging out and yeah. I remember I wasn't smoking weed when I first started with the Lions then I, I blazed I started blazing again at my and then that one match where I played super hungover and made uh, Murphy puke uh, because I smelled so bad in the <laughs> in, oh, so I, I used to do a show Friday nights we used to play rugby on Saturday and then one Friday a month I had to do blackout drunk blackout drunk was insane was which beautiful. would be me just smashing beers on stage and telling stories and it was supposed to be a 35 minute show it would go from midnight to like one ten in the morning I'd be absolutely shit faced the rugby guys would all be there and I'd be blackout drunk <laughs> yeah. and then I would play rugby the next day and one time I made John Murphy vomit in a scrum because in a pra- <laughs> we were just warming up and he's like Gabrus you smell so so fucking bad and just booted right then and there. Uh, I'm sure he felt much better afterwards oh yeah, yeah. that you got it and that was that was my first uh, when on, on the I couldn't drink after the match I just still felt so sick I played I felt so sick and then Brendan goes this might make you feel a little better, and I had, and I didn't know if I was going to go back into blazing full time. And then I was like, we smoked that joint and got on the bus, and I was like, oh, oh. I'm addicted to weed again, <laughs> and I'm back. I didn't know that story. Yeah, that's a lot of heart, right? There. Yeah, that was <laughs> Adam back to the club, pal. Adam Pally's bachelor party was my first time since I was 16, and then the, the, a week later was with you uh, yeah. post rugby, and then I. Got my delivery service set up in Brooklyn and never looked back. Because you're the one who told me about Village Lines and. Um, you said I'm going out to play Village Lines. You got to come because because you I had just moved cons- from California. You used yeah. to live now. You live in L.A., but you used to live in L.A. This moved back to New tour. York, and I was like, dude, I'm actually thinking of playing a rugby. It was very exciting because I had like a quarter life crisis. I guess yeah, 28. I hadn't played for five years. Yeah, and, and back we came, and obviously you were the show. You know, I was just kind of the sidekick. <laughs> yeah, but I, yeah. I was, I was, was a, a lot of personality. I was appreciative just to, to get in there. Yeah, you know, it, it was, was fun. A fucking riot. I couldn't like. It's one of those things. Like sometimes you meet a friend and they're so cool. 
every one of their friends you meet is pretty awesome. You know what I mean? Where you're like, oh, I trust this guy yeah. now. Like, every one of his buddies I kind of like. And then it was like, on the rugby team, it was like a surprisingly large number of decent human beings. You're, an, you're a different human being if you want to, in your spare time, go to a weird park, mm-hmm. beat the shit out of people you don't know with your mates, yeah. and then get aggressively drunk. Right, yeah. And you're, you're bound to have, if you have at a least that pretty in common, cool. Some of them good... are psychopaths. Every club's got a handful. Some 10, people... 10 to 20% are just absolute nutbags. But they're fun, too. Yeah, uh, tw- 10 to 20% are absolute nutbags. About 20% are people you don't actually want to spend any free time with, but it's... You're there. You know, it's the you're, it's the team. There's something very pure. I don't want to get too philosophical and gay about this. Not that that's bad, but like there's something pure about the fact that you can knock people out and then go be nice to them. Like there's something yeah. you you can injure and that because that cross team thing. Yeah, you yeah. Can, someone can can you can get in a fight with someone on the pitch and then have a very nice beer and a chat with them straight up. Yeah. And I think that like that takes a different level of person than just playing rugby. Like the the backup social yeah. part of it is like. When you can just be like, I also enjoy getting... Because like, we had some guys on the rugby team who were great rugby players, fun to be around, but don, did not handle themselves in social situations well. <laughs> and then the flip. Yeah, then the flip. Then we had people who handled themselves very well in social situations and sucked at rugby. <laughs> I fell a little we're, bit into that. The present, the present company is kind of this crew. <laughs> That's us. <Yeah. laughs> I love that crew. That crew is we awesome. were, uh, like Social butterflies. <laughs> Mainly an excuse to go to the bar. <laughs> it was like a thing, because like, like, I was just telling Youngie on the... We, Youngie and I just drove back from the gym together. We were saying, oh, we're, play, we're playing... Uh, us and some friends are playing a rugby match in March in Vegas. And then we were talking about maybe doing, like, a, a Spartan race. And it's like, yeah, then we'll... Maybe Mullen will fly in and we'll just get shit-faced for, like, a weekend. It's like, oh, as you get older, you sort of need an excuse to be drunk. Like, you know, like, you can't pass off... You need to plan events. Right. And you need to give everyone forewarning. <laughs> Three months is good because you can really plan a nice one. Yeah. And yeah. then it's like, with the event though, it's like, if we run five miles, we should be able to drink whatever the oh. fuck we want. If we play 80 <laughs> minutes of rugby, let's drink and then eat fucking cold chicken parm out of a tray in a fucking bar. But there is something about like the adrenaline that runs through your system of like, you're in physical combat with people. Like, like none of us have played, we're all playing together in, in Vegas, <laughs> in Vegas 7s in March. And for all three of us here, it's going to be our first game in... A, Tackle in, in multiple Five years. Yeah, the last time I played was Cayman Islands with you. Yeah, and then you played in so, Denver. Like you yeah, Colorado a year yeah. Later. My last game was in Boulder, Colorado. Yeah, yeah. you guys are going. You guys went to Cayman. I, yeah. Tell me about that. I didn't really get. Well, that I actually wasn't there on uh, that trip. We you, we missed all the Skippy lizards. I was away for Caymans. You weren't at Caymans. Yeah, you were shit facing Caymans. Uh, I was because I. Oh, that's why yeah, I, was, I was invited. I didn't make it. I just been in Australia the week before. Fuck. I went to dude. Iceland and Costa Rica with. Explain what Skippy lizards are. Cause that's kind of a hilarious thing. Uh, so Skippy lizards are a group of men in their forties <laughs> and up. <laughs> <laughs> Number one, a group no, of explain men. Explain in an impressive <laughs> way. Explain, explain it like a cool. Edit that out. Explain it in a cool word. Uh, so it's it's a group of it's a group of men uh, with disposable income who used to play rugby and don't have any friends getting married anymore. So are seeking out a bachelor party once a year oh, and yeah. under the auspices that we play rugby. Yes. We play rugby against nations. We, we go against and play a national team. Four nations. A national team. <laughs> uh, play, I've been in Iceland and Costa. Rica with Skippy Liz. It's like when you say that at work, people think you're an athlete. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, I'm going, to, I'm going to Iceland to play the national team in rugby, and people are like, oh my god, yeah, we're, look really... at you. We went to the came, we went to, we played the Cayman okay. national team. If you think about it, they're a pretty small nation. <laughs> yeah. They beat the fuck out of us, but yeah. it was a blast. But mostly, it's you get there on Thursday, get absolutely shit faced. Friday, you kind of do something cultural and have a team dinner and not drink. Saturday, play rugby, go out, rent a bus. Wear costumes and go. Paul, Paulie three hundred now. Yeah. Paulie two twenty. 
giant man would just go out in fucking these foreign countries in a full Superman costume. And giant he's six foot seven, forty yeah. something years old, and he would just be in a Superman costume. And like these Thick little, like these little fucking Cayman people are like, "Holy shit!" Like this giant white yeah, guy. What are you doing? <laughs> I'm playing a national rugby team. We have a national rugby team. Right. Yeah, that would be the thing. We would fly seven hours, get a hotel, train, get all together, go to the match, and there'd be three people watching. <laughs> <laughs> when we were in Iceland, Russell Crowe was shooting um, Noah's Ark, and I sent him like 70 tweets during the weekend, being like, hey, Russie, like, play some rugby, come have a look, you can have a run, join the team. <laughs> he didn't come. No response? No, nah, no that response from Russ. That cocksucker. Actually, I love Russell Crowe. <laughs> He's fantastic in The Nice Guys. <laughs> you like that? Yeah, hold on. Balancing microphone, <laughs> opening beers, pouring. So, I had a weird and rugby story from, from my start with the Village Lions. So, when I came to the States and I was playing rugby, I was like, I had no idea. I'm like, American rugby, is it good? Is it bad? Like, I just don't know what's going to happen. So, I randomly met this team, Village Lions, got on a bus and went to, like, some random park in Connecticut. How did you find the Lions specifically? So, this is funny. So, I'm, I'm like, 23 at this time, moving to New York with didn't know anyone, um, didn't know a soul. Started Googling, like, rugby in New York. Was looking for a low-level team because I'm bad, so I thought I'll play for a team that's lower level and I'll be good. The lowest-level team in New York was called the Gotham Knights. Yes, they were. So I'm like, these guys sound great, so I'll sign up for them. So I start emailing their president. And when we say lowest level, we mean like least competitive. Least competitive, Lowest division, so it's the most it's more social than it is competitive yeah so I'm like oh good social team I'll have a run so I'm very like, social on their about page it said they're an equal opportunity rugby club so I think that's awesome it's gonna be me and these massive black guys I've never met African American people I'm, I'm gonna be like the guy who knows rugby with all these massive African Americans this is gonna be awesome I'm gonna, have, like, I'm gonna be so cool I'm gonna know all these people in Harlem this is what I'm thinking as like a 23 year old Australian who's never been to New York <laughs> And then one, something seemed a little unusual about the club, and I clicked on the about page, like they were formed in the tradition of this ru- English rugby club, and I land on this pink webpage, and it's like, London's first gay rugby team. <laughs> like, I love the Gotham Knights guys. They're actually all absolute They're legends. awesome. <laughs> but I was like, when I have no friends and I just moved here and I'm straight, I probably won't join the gay team. So I went looking for another team, found the Village Lions. Wh- which is the second, le- le- we were second worst team. <laughs> now we're crushing everyone. Like, see a New York rugby club and, like, dominating. But then we were like, you know, nice social mix, which I wanted. So yeah, I had no idea what I was getting into. Wind up in a park in Connecticut. I'm like sitting there. I don't know any of these random dudes I'm about to play rugby with. Putting my boots on. I'm super nervous. And then I just smell weed. And I look over and I'm sitting next to this guy, Deal, a Moroccan guy. And this guy's just... <laughs> He's literally one of the most impossible human beings I've ever seen to tackle. Yeah. Like, so, I think Slippery yeah. defines his yeah. style of rugby and his personality. So I look at this guy, watch. he's smoking <laughs> weed before the game. So I'm like, oh, this is like, this is, must be absolutely stupid. Like, I'm going to play with a stone guy. That's ridiculous. You can't play rugby stone. Yeah. yeah. You're we go, we go on the field. He scores three tries in the yeah. first half. <laughs> He's a freak of nature. Three tries. Definitely... Crazy tries. He's one of the best athletes I've ever seen. And he was... And then just went off and just spoke to like six more joints. I'm like, all right. And we then drove... he drove us home. <laughs> <laughs> we went down to Montclair and he and another uh, Englishman, who I won't, won't name, smoked the blunt before the game. And I watched it. It was maybe my third game playing for them. I'm like, what the fuck are they doing? How's that possible? And yeah. they, they played, they played like you know, a, a full game and a half. <laughs> yeah, no problem. Adil was like such a fucking athlete. Yeah, he was so fast. He didn't look like he tried ever. Yeah, like he never seemed like he was trying hard at anything. And he was one of the fastest dudes I've ever seen. So he came over from Morocco, only just documented. Was like a backup New York taxi driver for years. Started playing with the club. No one actually knows how old Adil is. I don't know. He could be anywhere from He's like, like 20 to 60. To, yeah. yeah, somewhere in that bracket. 
um, amazing rugby player, got a job working for like Estee Lauder through the club or something. Or I probably should have mentioned so, the exact name. So, yeah. but like, he's like a very successful, like, like perfumer, amazing, right? like perfumer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and just like I, amazing I, life story. But like, but that's the beautiful thing about rugby. Like, how would you be like a random Australian yeah. dude turn up in New York and become really good? Like, I love a deal, like a brother, become really good mates with this. Yeah. Moroccan guy who was yeah. once a taxi driver. It's yeah, crazy. Or like a Staten Island lawyer, or yeah. you know, it was, it was like a beautiful mix of everyone. Yeah, just everyone has to, that. And I mean, I think the thing that I liked the most about the Lions was that it felt like New York, like distilled that. Like it was like yeah. such a. Yeah. We were such a subculture because we played this one sport, but it was still the exact breakdown of New York. Like we were yeah. like Harlem dudes, Bronx dudes, couple of cops. Yeah, a couple yeah. of cops, couple of firefighters, couple of fucking finance guys. Some TV. people who've been in jail. Yeah, yeah advertisement guys. Like every every New York stereotype you knew was represented I'm on the Lions. Annoying comedians. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and also stereotypes you didn't know about. <laughs> Until you, you started learned. like, oh wow, oh, you know what yeah, I think yeah. of Czech people now. <laughs> Based on one human being. One. And, and then because it's a New York club, everyone scatters around the earth. So like we've got mates all over the place that you can run into. And, right when we went to play in Cayman, dudes were, like I I met up with guys who I never met before. This is this is a good question. Who who's your favorite like kind of one season off? They just played a season, popped Disappeared, out, and, and just yeah. went away. Oh, that's a good question. Oh, Goldie, the guy that went to Afghanistan and probably killed seven hundred people. That's, Did you meet Goldie? What, no, Goldie, Goldie was after me. Yeah, Goldie was basically just imagine Stone Cold Steve Austin. <laughs> he turned up. He looks exactly like Stone Cold American? Steve Austin. American. I think he was maybe in the FBI. I probably shouldn't say which branch he's in. I don't know. He was in some form of military quasi-something yeah. world. He was, he was doing the Lord's work. He was Stone Cold Steve Austin. <laughs> he turned up, was just the toughest man on earth. He only appeared for a couple of months. We played a game in Monmouth where he scored three tries in the first half and was just murdering people because he's Stone Cold Steve Austin. Because Stone Cold Steve Austin playing. He looks exactly like him, acts like him. We go to the drink up. He wins man of the match, which we talked about before, so we had to chug. And he'd done three tries, so we had to do a, 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 chandelier. a chandelier, which is when you drink three drinks at once. But he wouldn't drink beer. He'd only drink Jack and Coke. So he'd chug three pints of Jack and Coke then he drank another Jack and Coke out of that weird breast contraption I mentioned before. <laughs> Bring that then, back around. That's then he, and then he starts walking around hitting on every one of the other team's misses in the bar because he's Stone Cold Steve Austin. He's acting like Stone Cold Steve Austin. Walks up to me and the coach and goes, Hey, Adrian, look at this. Pulls forward his pants and has a handgun down his pants. <laughs> Just in case. Good crew. And then we drove home and he sat at the front and called us all like, Hey, little guy, shut up. I'm telling a story. And we're like, Oh, sorry. You got it. Disappeared and then randomly sent the whole club a photo and it was him on some like cliff in Afghanistan with a giant American flag yeah. and the biggest gun I've ever seen. <laughs> yeah, I was about to say, so they just kind of disappear. Some, yeah. Some of these yeah. Again, like a little... A little My, uh, I remember those guys. I, there names. was two guys. I forget one of the other guys' names, but the other one's name was Machine. And I got... Oh, machine? Yes! Machine. machine! With all the tattoos? I get yes! introduced to a dude. I loved Machine. I loved Machine. I ran in Machine three times throughout New York City. Just ran him on the street. Like, we had this... We were aligned. Like, yeah. You, know, you like, guys like, were, like, like, in the same rotation. Couple random subways, and you're stuck in those conversations. Oh, and machine, conversation. machine is, like, this little, thick dude covered in fucking... Little things about Pop, right. pop oh, culture yeah, tattoos. Yeah. He had, like, Transformers, I remember, specifically. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And like, he, a full back tattoo. And he had, like, a full back tattoo. And his name was Machine, so you'd think he's a badass. No. And he's, he's a sweetheart. terrible, but he's the nicest <laughs> dude. And then the other dude he's was like his... five seven three hundred. Yeah. yeah. And then <laughs> the, dude, the dude who was his mate... 
who was like six foot six and like one eighty, yeah. and they were hanging out and they were buddies and they were the sweetest guys. Yeah. And I was like, oh, what made you guys join the Lions? They're like, well, uh, we are Gotham Knights players and we wanted to try something a little more competitive. And they were like the two worst guys on the team, yeah. and they were like, "We think we're gonna go play with the Gotham Knights again." And they didn't like the politics. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. yeah they they thought that the Gotham idea. Knights were like too gay. <laughs> gay. I, I remember being a young kid uh, playing rugby, like a freshman, and someone telling me, "Like, dude, there's a team in San Francisco called the All Pinks, and they're total badasses." And it's like, what an all gay rugby team? And I was talking to my dad about it. And my dad, you know, it was the late late nineties, early two thousands. He's like. Well, gay rugby team? Jesus Christ. How how do they even play? And then you meet, like... You're like, now that it's 2016 and you know what gay dudes look like, yeah. they're fucking, like, all jacked. Amazing athletes, <laughs> yeah, yeah. They're, they're themselves- all amazing athletes, or then there's, like, bears who are just props. Yeah, just and, like, guys. They're doing themselves a disservice by not going out there and being athletic. Because <laughs> right. they have these skill sets. Yeah. Well, actually, amazing Perfect story. So- and I just, I just wanted to say, mm. real quick, just to wrap that up, it's like, it's crazy that rugby is such a macho culture, mm. but the element of it that it is homoerotic for the straight guys and then legitimately like there's a huge gay rugby culture the dude yeah. Todd Beeman who yeah. was you know ele- uh, brought down United 93 like stopped a terrorist that's what I was about to bring up yeah, yeah. was a gay rugby player gay from, rugby player like like got the terrorist on 9-11 he was the guy that went yeah he was the guy he said the guy he's the guy that allegedly said Let, let's roll let's roll and yeah. fucking ter- yeah. he was a fucking club Bad gay ass. yeah he's a 6 foot 6 club yeah. gay rugby player that dude is fucking awesome yeah <laughs> Yeah, the Gotham Knights are always good to us. They're they're great at organizing on Randall's <laughs> Island between us because it was the girls, the Leones, it was us, it was Gotham Knights, and, and then, then New York Rugby it, Club and Old Blue and Brooklyn on. would come too. Yeah. Like all those tournaments, like yeah. everyone got involved. Everyone was let's great. let's back it up because now I'll tell my you saying Brooklyn reminded me. I'll say my uh, initiation to the Lions. I was talking to Tiff and I'm like, I'm gonna go back and play rugby. Yeah. I need to. I was getting out of shape and I was like, I need to fucking. I started doing CrossFit and I was like. Oh, if I do CrossFit for a year, I'll be able to do. I'll be able to play rugby again. I was like, "Fuck it, I'm gonna do it." So I was at a friend's birthday, who's now this is so complicated, but he's now Tiffany's stepbrother. <laughs> due some yeah, due to okay. some marriages, <laughs> Tiff's stepbrother's like b- rugby, birthday so. party. We're hanging out, and I'm like, "Yeah, I just Googled Brooklyn rugby the other day. Turns out they have a team, and they practice in Red Hook. I live in Carroll Gardens. This is perfect. I'm gonna play rugby with Brooklyn." And and someone goes. You're going to play rugby with Brooklyn? I was like, yeah, yeah. I played in college. They're like, oh. What? And then he starts talking, and, and I'm talking to this guy, and he has like an accent. I don't really un- recognize it. We're like slamming beers, and he's like, come here, bud. Don't fucking play with Brooklyn. <laughs> I got a team you should play with. And I'm like, why? He's like, some of my friends are on a team. It's called the Village Lions. I think you'd like it. I was like, okay, cool. Yeah. I'll do-. And so I looked that up on my phone. I'm like, oh, East Village. I live in uh, uh, Carroll Gardens. It's the F train. It didn't seem awful at the time. Ended up being very awful mm-hmm. for a number of years, especially once we moved to Harlem for practice. <laughs> yeah, the Bronx. Yeah, the Bronx, rather. Yeah. And I was like... Um, yeah, I'll do the Village Lions. Show up to the first day, and that dude is the coach. Is Adrian? I was Adrian. Yeah, Adrian, Adrian, Adrian is like a friend of a friend. Yeah, yeah, I love that. Yeah. He's like a friend of a friend, and I was like, and he's like, Dah, play with the Lions. I show up, and he's like, Hey, I'm. And I was like, Adrian, right? He's like, Yeah, I'm the coach of the team. I was like, and Mike, uh, Mike Barry uh, mm-hmm. then took over for him, and Mike Barry. Now that Jermaine Clement from uh, Whatchamacallit from Flight of the Concords is famous, Mike Barry and Jermaine Clement are very similar. Very human. similar. Very Wolf's similar. personality. One Welsh, one yeah. uh, Kiwi, but very similar people. <laughs> so I texted uh, Brendan. I was like, oh, forget Brooklyn rugby. Because you lived in Manhattan anyway. You were living in the financial yeah, district. Yeah, I was on the Upper West Side. Oh, Upper West Side. Yeah. This was post-Battery Park. Yeah, but I was, you know, 
I had a girlfriend and a dog. Like, I needed things to do. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, Nelly, I think I'm going to play rugby. You're like, yeah, I'm in. And yeah. I, we, you know. How long does rugby go for? It goes from like 7 a.m. to like 9 p.m. <laughs> it's going to consume 8, your weekends. And you're going to be yeah. you know, playing all day Saturday. And How then do you play like for that long? Well, I just play for a couple of hours. Yeah. Like yeah. Saturday, I got to leave at night. I got to leave at 8 in the morning on Saturday, and I'll be home oh. at 9 p.m. at night, and I will not be able to do anything. You know, the, thing, <laughs> this is the things you remember, like, you know, our, um, our pickup spot. What was the name of that cafe? That little weird diet. Oh, we died in West Village. No, East Village. Like, wasn't it like... No, it was nah, West Village. West Village. Right it was right on 7th. Right. Oh, it was like right Washington, off West Washington Square Diner. Yeah, well, right. And the yes. funny thing was... Right across from the, uh, the handball courts in the basketball Yeah, yes, and if you yes. went there at 7 a.m., there was always people still out tweaking. Yeah. Hard. There's <laughs> yeah. like one last, you know... Yeah, we'd be all... Sandwich. We'd and all be having breakfast, like yeah, power breakfast. 30 weird big foreign guys turn up. Yeah, with like huge bags in tank top. That's how I always met the team, because it'd just be you and like one random guy you have never talked to on team. Right. You want some eggs? Yeah, you're sitting across Let's take it out. You're sitting across from therapist jerry and you're just <laughs> it's uh... uh without using any last names for his own sanity <laughs> for his own civility you meet someone that like, why is his nickname therapist they're like well if you break it up it spells the rapist yeah, like, yeah, holy right. shit oh, moving on yeah, yeah i'll avoid that one <laughs> Take the rapist for um, 500 yeah and then you would be stuck across from the wall or like sometimes you'd get you're on right. the bus and be sitting next to someone who you didn't know and you're like you're talking about the real yeah. When it gets real, there's some. Every rugby club has some weird. Yeah, and it brings back to what Youngie said in the beginning. Like the national anthems were something I always remembered. On the way <laughs> back, like I just remember, like you know, just be running your mouth to somebody about something, and all of a sudden a national anthem break out, and you just stop. You're like, hold on. Yeah, we're, yeah, we're all the like, French are singing. We're all like, <laughs> <laughs> we're all like 15 beers in, and you're like, it was like oddly cultural to be in a van, shit faced, pissing into gallon water yep. stuff. Like you're in this tin can, respectfully listening going. to the French national anthem. You're going which back is to beautiful national anthem. Yeah. I love the French one. Yeah. You're on the outskirts of New York, and you're just headed back to the capital of the world with a bunch of internationals <laughs> and yourself, drunk and half the piss. Shit-faced. And you're all every, covered. You're covered in blood. Is, everyone it's a unique is a, feeling. Yeah, you're covered in blood and bruises. You everyone's in tank top and short shorts yeah. like it's yeah, like you're all wedged up against each other like your shorts stinks. you didn't know any better yeah. that, disgu- <laughs> that disgusting smell of post rugby just, is just permeating yeah. the van it evens out at the end um, that uh, my distinct memory from Lions rugby is um, on my first match finishing one of these like cause we were we were a club team so we didn't have like Anything. trainers and shit like that yeah. we'd be like a, a rookie would have to buy 16 bottles uh, 16 yeah. gallons of water yeah. and bring it like you know like someone else would have to wash the jerseys someone, yeah. some, one, a person would have to wash the jerseys That's every week job. but I remember after my first game finishing one of the water jugs and was empty and I threw it on the ground and stomped on it mm. and someone goes oh no 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 save the empties for the van ride and I was like what? Okay, fine. On the first van ride home, it's two and a half hours in traffic on a Saturday <laughs> afternoon, driving back into New York City at like prime broad Broadway showtime. Shit faced, and we would always. I don't know how we never got in trouble. We had a few run-ins with cops, which were always hilarious. They look at us. They like, open the van. They like, look at like, you. Be, no, we don't. Just one get, person drives. I don't, I don't know what's this, going on. You here. Idiots. It would often be a. It, we would drive what, if anyone ever worked in production, is called a fifteen pass. Um, a 15-passenger van. The driver would be sober. The sh- person in shotgun was often the a non-drinker. Mm, like yeah. someone who didn't drink or someone who had like a, 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 a birthday dinner. Mainly because they wanted to yeah. avoid all what's yeah. happening. And in then the in the back seat was Man. 13 men. Animals. And we, Animals. Would stop at a, we would stop at a beer distributor after being at a bar drinking for four hours. Stop at a beer distributor, get back in the car, and it would be like, we got... 
six thirty racks of Bud Light. It's been and we got to finish him before we get back yeah. to New York. It would be three hours of just smashing beers, singing, singing, punching, singing the, the whole time. Punching the ceiling of the van was a big thing too. Yeah. Just like, did we ever get a coach bus or anything to like any? Only we went to Nationals once in a coach bus, but otherwise we just have these little the little fifteen yeah, passengers. Right? That was I was the, always curious, like what someone that wasn't part of the team that was driving would would think about that yeah. we had a great one in argentina we went on a tour in argentina and we went to this amazing winery that one of our old boys had because again this international connection when you have a new york rugby club so we're at this one of the coolest wineries a french dude owns a winery in uh german background so oh, probably a war, war criminal uh anyway <laughs> you know i love you i won't use your first name uh, well, i definitely won't use your last name um, <laughs> let's leave both your names out yeah, of the day we'll hey, we're all done here anyway to new winery won't be named so it's a beautiful winery where they're all day things are about to go massively south and we're like let's get out of here we didn't break too much at the winery, mm. and then we get on the bus, and some nice Argentinian man's got to drive us about an hour home. Things go crazy. Mm-hmm. Everyone's starting <laughs> to sing and yell. Uh, one of our good friends, Goon, who is a okay. six foot... I think this is a good time to introduce Goon, because there's another good Argentinian well, we'll tell Goon. stories about him for a while, because yeah. he's like the best. So Goon is a <laughs> New York City firefighter yes. who injured his throat during a rescue, and due to that, has the most intense voice you've he ever heard. He sounds exactly like this. Hey, it's me, Goon. I just want to say it's nice to meet you, Gabrus. He sounds literally I like you play some really good rugby today. Oh yeah, brother! <laughs> like that's literally what his voice sounded like. And he was six foot six, yeah. <laughs> and a firefighter, so not a slim, like a legit man, good solid man with a voice like this. Yeah. And he, he played like a fucking banshee. And then uh, go back to so he's on the bus because so, a- so he's our tour leader. So he's sort of the boss, which means he just yells at everyone in his gravel voice. <laughs> Everyone's, People do listen to Goon. Everyone's going a bit crazy. Goon somehow is now completely naked. I don't know how this happened, but so he's completely <laughs> naked on the bus. Something happens where he had to hold Mr. Peanut, one of our good English friends. Mm-hmm. So all of a sudden... Called he, Mr. Peanut because we thought he looked like the planter's looks peanut exactly guy. like Mr. Peanut. he hated that nickname. Yeah. So he got, <laughs> That's his only nickname. He was revving up about something. So all of a sudden... It's either that or no hands. I'm sitting near him. <laughs> yeah, really bad hand on <laughs> Mr. Peanuts being held against the window of the bus by a naked goon yelling, You will sit down. It's time for us to go home. And I'm like watching this in front of me and then I look towards the front and you know when you just see the mirror and you can see the driver and I just see this poor Argentinian guy with like eyes wide in horror looking at the back end of a naked six foot four firefighter and throw Mr. Peanut through a window. I forgot he was naked until that point. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and he's actually trying to be the best friend of the bus driver. He's oh, just yeah. a naked six foot four man running around a bus going, Everyone sit down and be why do I'm going to stop throwing punches? Me and the bus driver here are disgusted. You guys need to be... <laughs> so, I only heard about this secondhand, but uh, my favorite goon story is that um, he booked that tour to Argentina. He called the hotel. The hotel. He was like, how much beer do you guys have? And the hotel's like, we carry a lot of beer. And goon's like, I'm not exaggerating. I need you to have more beer in this hotel than you could even imagine. I'm going to drink it all. Yeah, and he, I'm going to drink all the beer. I'm going to drink all the beer. you don't have enough beer stock. He's like, no, I don't think you understand. You need to have a lot of beer. So he goes on and on, and then the woman's like, okay, fine. We're going to have tons of beer. The first night they're there, Goon drinks but himself over 30 beers. <laughs> and they were like, we're out. And they're like, all we have left is red wine. So 
the entire rugby team who had just drank them out of like 500 beers just starts drinking red. Like everyone holds a bottle of red in their hand and drinks it like it's a big beer. The same tour. On the way there, we flew from Newark to, to Buenos Aires. And the, everyone was drinking up before the plane got delayed. We were very drunk and we got on. We're all wearing our jerseys. I went to sleep. I wake up in the morning, and as I'm getting served my breakfast, I go, "Could I have a mimosa?" And the flight attendant goes, "No, you cannot. You're not allowed." And I was like, Ooh. "Whoa, sorry. What what happened?" And she turns around, she points at Goon, and goes, "He drank all the beer." <laughs> <laughs> and meanwhile, while I'd been asleep, apparently the, the the backup captain of the plane had come to the back and said to to Goon, as a representative of our group, "If you guys don't all go to sleep right now, we're landing this plane in Colombia, and you're going to jail." <laughs> That's a shutdown. Uh, it's a shutdown. Yeah, so uh, when I went to Cayman to play with the uh, Skippy Lizards, which is uh, ex-Lions players who sort of still keep themselves in shape, have some disposable income to go on a trip every year, every other year, to go play rugby against some national team. Um, uh, I'm meeting, like, I'm flying from across from L.A. to Charlotte, and a group of other people are, are like, uh, Gil lives in Charlotte. Yeah. Um, a couple of, and a couple other dudes who I don't know, Nick the Dick and uh, somebody else, uh, Tremonti, I think, are flying through um, Charlotte. So it's like, oh, cool, we're all getting on the same plane in Charlotte. I got through on like a red eye, so I, I got four hours to kill. I fall asleep for two hours against my bag. My, I wake up, my phone has a couple of rings. Hey, it's that guy Nick, and, and so I, I know Gil, but he's moved there now. So we, I roll up there. I like stretch. I just slept two hours on the floor, and I'm like, "All right, uh, we're going down to the game." And he's like, "Sit down." I'm like, "What?" Sit down. Nick's like, four bloody marys," <laughs> and I'm like, "Whoa, okay." And we just drink bloody marys. We get on the plane, and it's I'm sitting in one seat. Uh, we all booked our tickets separately. Obviously, uh, Nick and Gil are sitting next to each other. They sorted it out. Tremonti's sitting in a different seat, and then all of a sudden, the woman comes over and she puts down two mini bottles of vodka and a thing of uh, bloody mary mix. She goes. This is from those two gentlemen over there. <laughs> and I turn around, and Gil, who is... I can't, to describe Gil... He's Bowser from Nintendo games. Yeah, he looks exactly That's like exactly Bowser from Mario. Yeah, he's, he's very green. He's ve- he, he literally is like light beige giant yeah. with squinty eyes and yeah. a big smile. He's Bowser. He does look like Bowser. He's a legend. And he turns, and he just goes like that little like finger wave and goes, Hi, Gabrus. And I go, okay, it's on. I take out my fucking Delta Amex, and I'm like... Uh, can you send up two double oh, Bloody Marys those guys? That's and a, that's I go, a I text, gentleman's thing I t- to do. Uh, Tremonti, I go, Tremonti, what seat are you in? He's like, 17C. I'm like, and uh, another double Bloody Mary for the guy in 17C. <laughs> we land in the Cayman Islands. I have, that is the most I've ever drank on a plane. And I paid, like, we all paid for it. Like, I've been on planes where it's free, and I no. didn't drink that much. <laughs> my, uh, I got my bill from American Express. It was like $95. <laughs> from Charlotte to Cayman Islands is like a four-hour flight. And we're taking turns. Yeah, we're yeah. taking turns buying rounds. <laughs> and I'm $100 in the hole before I land on a trip that there's no way works into my budget. <laughs> <laughs> so Skippy Lizards and airplanes again. When I flew home from Iceland, I was, I was actually flying into Europe for the, to go see the Olympics. So I was leaving Reykjavik at about a 6 a.m. flight to go to Glasgow, Scotland. It's only a two-hour flight. And then we had our drink up. So we had such a big drink up. And the golf ball we talked about before, we dropped a golf ball in. Our golf balls in Iceland were little puffin statues we bought. So if someone put a puffin in your drink, you had to finish it. <laughs> and I was getting targeted by everybody. And so there was a point where I came back from the bathroom and our captain, Stevie, was holding the group together going, everyone stop picking on Youngie, we're going to kill him. So I had one of those nights. Meanwhile, I'm wearing... 
cowboy boots, American flag shorts, and a US rugby singlet, a US rugby jacket, and a <laughs> USA bandana, just to be an ugly American. Uh, Youngie is one of the most patriotic Americans I've ever oh, met, and who only recently just got a green card. Dude, yeah, well, not even yet, so we should talk about that on the... I mean, yes, definitely, Mr. Trump, President Trump, we have a... Anyway. Uh, I never saw someone, like, which, like, just in case Trump gets elected, I have to go home to Australia and I'm get covered. my visa in line. <laughs> so, we have this massive bender, and it was when Iceland doesn't get dark so it just feels like it's two in the afternoon and then I look at my watch and I'm like shit I'm gonna go to the airport right now and I am annihilated went to the airport I knew I couldn't sit down because I would fall asleep so I had to walk around the airport and I, my memory's very hazy but everywhere I went I was knocking shit over I knocked someone's food on the floor in the food court I knocked all these books over in the bookshelf and I was just this like American dressed mess I get on the flight to, to Glasgow immediately unconscious wake up on an empty plane because it's only a three hour flight getting shaken by a flight attendant yeah. going like you have to get off you have to go I go to the back of the passport line in Scotland and I can just see them being pointing at me and being like, what's Keep this? Keep an eye on this. <laughs> and I'm annihilated. People are avoiding me. I'm like stumbling and dropping things. I get there. My memory's pretty hazy. Like, give them my passport and the Scottish guy, there's like three guys that came over. They look and they goes, he's fucking Australian. <laughs> and then I get let in. Let him through. I can't work out how to get to my hotel. So you know when no. you enter an airport and there's the security personnel there to like make sure you don't go back through? Yep. Yeah. I was like, cool, I'll just have a little nap near her because no one's going to rob me. <laughs> so I walk in and I go into the uh, arrivals lounge and just fall asleep on a bench. It's an empty room and I fall asleep because it's 7am. I wake up. It's midday. The place is full of people, but everyone's given me like 15 meters oh, yeah. of space. Because you've been like snoring and farting. Weird, and like... crazy American dressed idiot <laughs> and, and you cowboy have, like, boots. The singlet and all that yeah, shit. Yeah, still wearing sh- USA shorts and cowboy boots, just unconscious at <laughs> Glasgow Airport. You're like a secret Australian agent. It's such Jesus a, a perfect cover. Um, when I went to um, Oktoberfest for my birth, uh, for my bachelor party, so many Aussies were there. Yeah. <laughs> so many Aussies were like, wait, it's seven days of nonstop drinking? Yeah, I think I'll get on a flight. <laughs> um, all right, I'm going to take this. Uh, we're coming down the home stretch here. I'm going to take this opportunity to tell um, a quick uh, B. Nelly story. One of my favorite. <laughs> one of my, A couple of favorite Brendan Nelson stories because we played together for four years in college too. Brendan, Brendan one time, unbeknownst to me, put himself in my cell phone as Batman. <laughs> <laughs> and then my, the next day, I got a text, and it's just from Batman. And it says, "I am Batman." <laughs> and I, I want to clear that up, <laughs> just in case there's any issues. And <laughs> "I am Batman" was something Nelson was famous for saying when he was annihilated, <laughs> but I didn't know that at the time because I was new to the team. And then I get a phone call, and it's like, "Oh, who is this?" And he's like, Batman? "It's Batman." <laughs> and I go, "Batman, who the fuck? Tell me who this is for real." He's like. I'm tired of you dealing with... I'm tired of dealing with you about this. I am Batman. <laughs> and that was Nelson, and I didn't know it. Like, we played a lot. We hung out, and then one time, he's like, just eventually told me he was Batman. I kept that in my pocket. <laughs> well, Gabers used to... Your senior year, maybe my super senior or your junior, used to bartend at Foxhole. Yes. And I used to walk down that street. That was like a seven iron away from me. It was, it was right down the street. <laughs> and you'd just get me annihilated, rugby or not. Yeah. And that was a dirty, stinky place owned by Albanians that definitely didn't pay the Those taxes. two guys one night beat the fuck out of me because I like made fun of Can Albanians. Can we sidebar about Albanians real quick and just like get in some trouble? Do you trust any Albanians? <laughs> All right. <laughs> Can we just sidebar Albanians? Do you play rugby with Albanians? I'm no part of this conversation. I'm no part One of, of my best friends. Those two Albanians. I love Albanians. I'm going to chop it out. I love Albanians. Some of my best friends are Albanians. All of my Albanians love me. I They're grab like... them by the pussy. Uh, yeah. Watch your hand while it's Albanians. I'm coming in. 
But these two Albanian it. guys beat yeah. the fuck out of me. He beat up everybody. Like, yeah. punch me, like, just, just punch me. They took me, me into the, the fucking kitchen and beat the shit out of me, and they were my bosses. Kitchen. Yeah, because they thought I was tough. They were like, you think you're fucking tough? I was like, because I was like a bouncer and a bartender there. And when I was bartending, and they were like, we got to get... I'm like, look, if you're going to pay someone $60 to be at the door, I bartend Mondays. No one ever comes in here. Mostly my friends getting deal drinks. Mm-hmm. Give me the $60 door cover. I can fucking handle... Ba-. They're like, oh, you think you're fucking hard? I'm like... Trying to work them. No, it's no. literally all my friends. <laughs> like, <laughs> only my friends come in because I give them fucking six beers <laughs> for the price of one. <laughs> but my second favorite Nelson story is... So, Brendan, let's toot his horn about rugby, maybe doesn't fully wrap his head around the sport, but hits loves so contact. fucking hard. Loves contact. Loves contact. Nelson. Whether loves it's he's got the ball in his hands or he doesn't have the ball in his hands. The dude plays rugby like a strong... Why would I run away from you when I can run directly into you? You play rugby like a strong safety. I have many demons. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah. You yeah. are a quiet fucking creep and you annihilate me. So, Nelson... Me and Nelson were two of like the hard hitters on uh, at Maris, and we were the guys who chased the kicks just to fucking light people up. And Nelson, one game we were just all keyed up. You know, this was college, so we're popping Zenadrins yeah, and like supplements <laughs> and like pick me up. a little pick me up. We're drinking like uh, Ultimate Orange and like all this shit. We're like ah, like all juiced up. <laughs> Nelson runs down the fucking pitch. Hits this dude, but this dude fucking leans into him too, and it's the a fucking brutal hit. And I'm the like, holy shit! Pork. Yeah, the noise. Like, ooh, oh, it, disgusting like, noise. In, in case you don't fully understand rugby, you shouldn't hear a disgusting noise because nobody has pads on. <laughs> yeah, 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 that's yeah. water crushing in your yeah, body. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thing, I, the noise is brutal, and Nelson pops back up, and we're like, this kid is, a, and then just. <laughs> Throws up so hard because of the oranges. Because the oranges. Right. <laughs> I did this in high school once. Too many oranges at halftime. If you think you're doing well, you're like, let me just get some extra hydration. You were in all here. fucking juiced yeah. up on fucking over the counter ephedrine and shit. Much like uh, Mr. Murphy after he vomited on you, you feel much better. After yeah, that. you're much better. Get, after put it on poor guy got annihilated and then orange vomited all. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. At least it was citrusy. Having a bad day. Yeah. <laughs> then I just remember Nelson going. Take me off. <laughs> <I> came off. <laughs> like, took 10 minutes. was like, uh, 40 minutes is go good. Back in. Like, I'll play again next week. <laughs> yeah. It's the fall season. It's the fall. Like, we got 12 games. Like, I'm coming out. Yeah. Um, uh, the, uh, the other, uh, and then a quick youngie story. Youngie. We had a nice little formal. We used to have an uh, annual yeah. Lions oh, yeah, formal. Good. good. I thought you were going to tell a complimentary rugby story. Basically. basically. Yo, honestly, <laughs> I was trying to think of one. Youngies are captain. I always remember that. He ran the squad. Now, my first youngie interaction, to be fair, was my first match I ever played was those, I think it was Bayonne, those tricky old fucking scumbags that oh. would do the shit, like kick you in the shins and yeah, stuff. Yeah. Um, yes. B-side, we huddle up before the match. Youngie is the B-side captain. I know nothing about this dude except he's little, and apparently he's in charge of the B-side. Not realizing, <laughs> and cranky. Yeah, not realizing <laughs> that the B-side would eventually become, like, we were, like, stepchildren. It's killer like, bees, go out there and go bees. nuts, killer bees. Killer bees. <laughs> but Nelson, uh, you, uh, Youngie gets in the huddle and goes, listen up, you fucking cunts. We gotta fucking smash these cunts. He says cunts like 11 oh. times. I am so thrown. <laughs> Youngie so knows how to motivate pre- people. He knows how to put the uh, soldiers yeah. in line. Yeah, I was yeah. so not prepared There's a world war. He's definitely <laughs> lieutenant colonel or above. Something in the field. Yeah. Rallying the troops. Away from the front lines. But There's really imminent is- death. <laughs> uh, and then jump cut to this formal where we're all there in suits. Um, I'm, I think I'm emceeing it. Or, yeah, and uh, Tiff's there. Everyone's got a date there. And then everyone's a little aggressive. You know, jackets are being ripped off. People are excited. People are excited. There's some fit, you know, there's some fucking fisticuffs, like for fun. 
And somebody grabs my wife by her neck and bites her face to the point where she goes, babe, Youngie is biting my face. Get him off me. So I grab Youngie by his shirt collar, slam him down the ground, and I put my forearm on his neck like a cop. And he is... Kicking and like yeah. squirming, he's literally like, "Get off me!" Like an angry six-year-old having a tantrum. Yes, I'm literally holding him down like a forearm on his throat, and he's kicking his arms and legs, and I'm like, "No biting!" <laughs> talking to a man, a grown man. You're an adult. Okay. <laughs> no biting, like bad, bad youngie. Like give me the fucking rolled up magazine, just smack him on the on him. Bad youngie, bad youngie. Yeah, he learned his lesson. That might happen tonight. Yeah. Oh, it's. <laughs> That's a beautiful thing. Uh, we are on pace based on what our oh, table looks yeah, like over a one hour this podcast. It's a, a lot of cocaine here. Um, well, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know that was legal in Los Angeles. I've got a prescription for my anxiety. Yeah. I, yeah. I rip lines and call my mom and talk for five hours. <laughs> There's not any cocaine. Uh, what about uh, anything? Uh, we we want to get out of here. Any uh, any parting any parting stories? Anything you can think of, or any? Uh, I guess we literally uh, we covered a lot of territory. We didn't talk we about didn't talk about the sport at all. But I think that was more. <laughs> you want to break down the practical? Side? Honestly, you can you can look at the sport anytime. Just Google rugby. You'll see it on yeah. YouTube. Yeah, yeah. I think it's awesome that uh, rugby is now in the Olympics. It was really fun to watch the sevens oh, this year. Yeah. The Australian women's team were insane, and Fiji <laughs> Fiji won a gold medal. Oh, They're a nation of a million people. They shut they... down the country for like two days afterwards. Yeah, yeah. Really, so it's the national. Fiji Those people amazing. party fucking hard, and that was their first uh, gold medal. Uh, that was awesome. their first gold medal, dude. They are they. They dominated yeah, the men's too. They did great. They dominated. There was awesome. The uh, Australian women's they came in silver or they got gold. They got gold. Oh. They were gold. They were untouchable. They were untouchable. Yeah, untouchable. That number five. I texted you about a oh, woman yeah. on the team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I know. So, we so were having some very chick. creepy conversations <laughs> yeah. that, but she was amazing. Yeah. All those women would destroy us. It's yeah. amazing. So <laughs> and great. that's what makes me like them even more. Yeah. <laughs> I like a woman who could snap me in half. With Tiff, it's just emotional. <laughs> <laughs> She could absolutely annihilate me. And um, I'm 2016, uh, 2020, whatever the next 2020? Yeah, Tokyo is. It's Tokyo. One. And the next Rugby World Cup is in Tokyo. So that's something we should go to because it's going to be hilarious. I think yeah. we should go to the Olympics. Olympics. Yeah, yeah, I think yeah, we should yeah. go to the Olympics. I'm going to try to get there for work. I'm going to try to get a company to hire me to. Shop put? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. So today. Uh, I was thinking more along the lines of like cover rugby, like uh, for, a web, for like a website or a network or something. Like benevolent that. commentator. Yeah. yeah it's me. I played rugby. I Don't hate, listen to any stories about me <laughs> from my past. Um, I think the highlight that's coming up is going to be Las Vegas 7. So next yeah. March, these three idiots and I, with a number of our other friends, we're playing. We're bringing back a team that's only had one tournament before called Hugs. Mm-hmm. And Hugs is a team we started when we realized most of our players were very, very small. So Gabrus doesn't exactly fit the mold, nor to really just Nelson, but you guys are now honorary hugs. Hug stands for handsome, undersized gentleman sevens. <laughs> and to play on the team, you've got the original idea was going to be very pretty and under and five under ten. Fi- and under five ten. That's still most of our team. You guys are both very attractive. You're a bit over five ten, but we're all right. <laughs> we're both six two, and but so we're going to be in <laughs> circus. So basically, Vegas. We're going to be there for four days, playing the most intense physical sport you can, <laughs> drinking aggressively heavily, then putting on weird costumes and going to and watch making the an yeah. absolute fucking now the costumes scene. that we 
talked about this before the podcast. There's a lot of good ideas going around. Maybe one of not the, reveal them right now, but like mm. let's let's throw good. some of our pitches. One yeah. of the pitches that Youngie pitched, I liked because he wants to play off the size that I am uh, the thing that I'm bigger, like twice the size than most of the players, yeah. the and whole, a little the bit bigger than Brendan. tournament. Really, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, we were going to do Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs, where I'm in drag. Yeah, yeah. Snow Gay White versus drag Snow White. <laughs> we already are dwarves, so we're basically just us wearing hats. Uh, it lends itself to singing. Yeah, you know, it's like it's very. <laughs> it works. We should bring one handle of a very weird liquor that makes everyone think. Like you know, we should bring like a handle of amaretto, yeah. and that's what we all drink. Like just to be something sketchy during the tournament. So like, those guys taking pulls off of amaretto at halftime. We'll be remembered for twenty years. It was the amaretto boys. <laughs> Those guys were terrible. We're gonna, we beat them 65 to nothing. <laughs> but they had some sweet, sweet amaretto. We're going to confuse a lot of people. <laughs> There's going to be a lot of pink in our costumes. Oh, yeah. Our, our costumes will be, be very... I think the hug, the, the hugs one was like a play on the Andy Warhol soup cans. It was like yeah, neon yeah. yellow, pink, and green with the lion head repeating. Yep. And white, well, that was, white short shorts. That was, was organized beautiful. by one that of our beautiful. Welsh teammates who wasn't good at Roman numerals. So it was supposed to say village lion sevens on the four and sevens on the front. <laughs> and he had a XII because he thought X was five. <laughs> Luckily, there's 12 in the squad, but it's just a funny misprint. <laughs> yeah, we've uh, had 12 guys at least. And a Welsh guy who doesn't know Roman numerals. <laughs> Um, all right, guys. Let's uh, let's wrap it up. Let's get on to actually drinking now. Um, right. Enough of this bullshit rugby talk. So usually at this point, we uh, people plug their shows or their. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't candy. know what to, I don't know what to do when you have two fucking. Street- if you want to give me money, <laughs> listen to this podcast ten times. <laughs> Repeat, uh, Youngie, use Instagram. <laughs> yeah, I definitely. I'm not, I don't work anywhere. I'm unemployed. <laughs> Please yeah. don't. Follow yeah, me. I, have, I have nothing to do with this. Uh, donate money to Charity Water. Donate money to Charity Water. They're a great cause. They're they a great cause. Prove anything I've said during this half hour because they're a great cause. But CharityWater.org are a great cause. Yeah, if 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 you want to support Youngie, you don't have to watch his. He doesn't have a TV show you need to watch or a definitely podcast not. you have no, to listen to. Things. Donate to Charity Water in his honor. That's a charity he, he does a lot of work with. Yeah. Thanks, mate. Back to the shadows we go. <laughs> and then Brendan Nelson, anything you need to plug? Adopt a dog. <laughs> They need your help. And as always, <laughs> and as always, I'm at John Gabris. Make sure you pick up your garbage at the beach. That's my clause. <laughs> All right, thanks for listening. Bye, shitheads. That was a headgum podcast.